Please turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Remember again that we are talking about God calling us to higher things or a higher life, what the Apostle Paul calls a high calling of God. And that's found again in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, where the Apostle Paul said again, Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Notice he tells us, forget what's behind us. Right. Amen? I can't stress enough how important it is to let go of the past. Right. We've just received communion, and that is one of the things that we do is let go of the past. Right. Amen? That we receive from God what he has for us. And he says here again, forgetting those things which are behind. And he says, reaching forward... To those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal. This is a goal. This is the high life. This is the high calling of God. That we all live this higher life. Not that we can look down on people, but so that we can pick people up and get them up to this level as well. Because they were never meant to be down on that level that you know, everybody's living on right now. That wasn't meant to be our natural state. Remember again Genesis 1.26. God made us in His image and His likeness, not to live under the circumstances, but to live above them. Absolutely. This is the high calling. This is the high life. This is what we're aspiring to. Amen? And today, we're going to look at <laughs> how to live a carefree life. Now, <laughs> did I finish in Philippians? I didn't, did I? He says in verse 14, one second, he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This, is, this takes effort, family. When he says I press, he means I press. Right. Have you all pressed? Okay. <laughs> okay. When you press, you are making an effort. Right. Amen? And you are, you are having to do some work. And I want you to notice that this takes work. This isn't something you kind of lay back and kind of, you know, it's not one of those grace messages. Now, they're fantastic, and I love grace messages. And everything that we receive by faith is, comes by grace, by the way. You can't receive anything by faith that grace hasn't already given. Amen? I understand the importance of the grace message, and I, I understand that we can't, you know, people have said, oh, you faith people twist God's arm. Are you kidding? No, nobody wins that fight. You're stupid to even think that way. I don't know why people even think that way. Do you think we have so much? Can you just imagine us? You know, this is like an ant arm wrestling with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, the ant's gone, man. <laughs> I mean, he lost that fight when he entered the ring. You know, and I'm trying to say, all he has to do is step on it and we're done. That, that never happens. We need to understand that what we, you know, faith simply receives what God already has for us. And that's what we're doing right now. All the different things that God has for us. Some things require you to forgive yourself. Remember, we, be we began looking at forgiving yourself. Then some other things require you to make confessions. This is one of those things as well. To live a carefree life, you need to remember, you need to know, and you need to confess that God's with you. Amen? And all the scriptures that I gave you, I'm not going to go through them because that's not today. But these this is the press. It takes effort. You need to make those confessions. You need, in the face of problems, to begin to say out of your mouth God's word regarding the situation. 
Not, oh my God. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Amen. So, today, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. When we talk about living a carefree life, that doesn't mean that you become careless and irresponsible. I know some people in the Word of Faith movement that, you know, we, it was a carefree life. Oh, the child is sick. Oh, I don't care. Oh, the dog is dying. I don't care. Somebody's about to go off a cliff. I don't care. I don't have a care. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know? Anyway, I won't say what I want to do. But uh, <laughs> that is not this. Do you understand? And it, it was really sad because people became irresponsible and people thought that they could just let go of everything that they were meant to look after. You got kids, you better look after them. But how do I do that without caring? Pray. We're going to see all of that anyway. Maybe not this week, but next at least we'll get to it. <clears throat> I think this is a two-parter. All right. So, didn't plan it that way. Always ends up being that way. <laughs> so, once again, even though it does, it does not mean that you become careless and responsible, it does mean that you live above the care, the weight, the worry that the world calls normal and expects you to live under. Amen. And you know, if you don't, they think you're weird. And what's wrong with you? See, once again, listen to me. You are going to learn how to think about something, but not worry about it. How to go to God, find out what you need to find out, without it weighing you down. How to not become a problem to everybody else because you got a problem. <laughs> Amen. All right. Philippians chapter 4. I could say more, but we won't. <laughs> I'm being sweet. Philippians chapter 4. Let's <laughs> begin in verse 6. The apostle Paul is writing, and he says... Be anxious for nothing. Uh, just let's stop there. You know, he, he has no right to tell us this if we can't do it. Which, if he, tells it, if he tells us this is what we should do, then we can do this. Because obviously he's doing this. Obviously he had a problem. We find out, if we were to look, and I don't want to do this because it's not Bible college, okay? If you want to come to Bible college, it's a different thing, all right? <laughs> if, if we were to go look at some scriptures, we would find that he talks about the cares of all the churches upon him. So you know he would be carrying a lot of care around. You know, and it wasn't just, you know, care that they're kind of uh, slacking off a little bit or anything. A lot of it was genuine in that, you know, they, they, they weren't nice to people back then. You think it's bad now? It was really bad back then. And you know, you really are concerned about the safety of people. And so he had a lot of things that he could really be worried about. And he had to learn something, and he learned and he wrote down. He said, be anxious for nothing. The Amplified Bible says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be be made known to God. To slow down. Verse 7. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We are going to look at the latter half of this verse later. I want to begin with the first part. I want to begin by talking about being anxious for nothing. I like something that one of the uh, commentators wrote, in, and that was, there is such a thing as kindly concern that is genuine interest in the welfare of others. But the meaning here is to be unduly concerned about, to be filled with anxiety, to worry. Did you all get all that? <laughs> okay. I have to give you some definitions. I know it's not Bible college, but I need to give you some, okay? All right. So I want you to see a couple of things here. It talks about, number one, being unduly concerned. Number two, being filled with anxiety. Are you all getting a picture here? This is something that only you, if you've experienced this, you know what I'm talking about. You know, something goes wrong somewhere. Something you didn't plan on going a certain way. And you are filled with anxiety. It consumes you. It is something that if it went the wrong way, everything could go wrong. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay. I mean, there are things in this world. Like I said, you know, things can catch you by surprise. Don't stay there. The last thing it says is to worry. This actually goes back to something that Jesus said. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6. These are verses you know, but I really want to go back there, have a look at it, and come forward. Okay? Then move forward from there. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31... Jesus says that, therefore, do not worry. We could just stop there. <laughs> okay? That's, that's great advice. He just said, can you not worry? Don't worry. What she says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? See, this is where all we, we know you're worrying when you're saying stuff out of your mouth. Like Sri Lankans. Oh, my God. We know you're worrying. You can't fake it. <laughs> okay? And Jesus says, do not worry, worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Where's my Gucci's? <laughs> I could go other places, but I won't. Verse 34, after all these things, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father has no idea you need this stuff. So you better keep complaining till he gets it. Is what we think. Come on, get, somebody be honest with me. Can you turn me up a tiny bit, guys? Somebody be honest with me. Okay, that's what we think. I know the scripture says something totally different, but that's not why we... That's something else. That's, you know, that's the Bible. That, that, that was, that's just passed away. Today, man, I'm talking about real. I'm talking about now. <laughs> I got a problem. Don't wave this at me. That's how we think. Meanwhile, there's a God <laughs> who has everything to give and wants to give everything, waiting for us to say something. Not, oh my God, that doesn't help him do anything. You need to say something. He needs to agree with you. And he won't agree with you, oh my God, I'm dying. Oh my God, we're not, we're not going to have this. We're not going to have that. He can't agree with you. He cannot, because you're in big trouble. If he agreed with half the things you said... We'd be burying most of you. <laughs> amen. Don't say amen to the burying part, but you know, <laughs> I'm serious, family. You know, we really need to get this. God does us a favor by not agreeing with us. Continuing on. 
Let's see what it actually says. He says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows. Your heavenly Father knows. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. These are not just luxuries. You need all of these things. You really need to receive this right now. You need to understand that God knows that you need certain things. You know, that, that's why it's so wrong when we go to God and say, God, I need this, don't you care? It's like the disciples on the boat when they're about to go down. Don't you care, we're drowning. <laughs> you know, thank God I said this before, I'll say it again. Thank God Jesus didn't say, no, I don't really care. Drown, for all I care, just drown. I was asleep, I was having a great dream. Had nothing to do with any of you, it was great. <laughs> But I want you to notice, he gets up, he does what he needs to do, and then turns around to them and says, where's your faith? And that's the same thing God says when we go to him. He's asking, where, well, we'll get there in a minute. It says, for a heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And he gives a solution, verse 33. Instead of running around waving your hands, instead of going, oh my God, what am I going to do? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says, go after what God says. Seek this. Go look here for your answer. See, so many of us want to go ring somebody up. People can't help you the way God can help you. If you spend half as much time, here's a pearl of wisdom. Are you already catch this, catch this. If you spend half as much time talking to God about your problem as you do everybody else, it'll get solved. Did you hear what I said? We, we don't realize how much time we waste talking to people about something instead of going to God for the answer. Instead of going to God and saying, God, I'm, I am casting this care on you. We're going to have a look at that scripture in just a minute. I'm casting this care on you. You look after it. You tell me what I need to do. I'm not going to carry the weight of it. You let me know what I need to do. Until you speak, I'm not moving. Isn't that so much better? Because can I say this? A lot of times we go and do things in a panic that is wrong that then needs to be fixed. So now we have a problem and all the other problems we created along the way. <laughs> and the Lord says that would have taken like two angels. Now it's not going to take along 50 angels to get that fixed. But we'll get there. It's just going to take longer. I don't know how many times that's happened. You know, Something had I just left it alone. Would have basically resolved itself. But no, I had to go run in there and help God. How many people like to help God? You know, <laughs> Lord, I know you're busy, because you know he's taking a little while. So I'll go and I'll do this. And when you have the time. <laughs> Meanwhile, God's going, don't move, don't move, don't move. I'm fixing it. And we get geographically out of God's will. God says, stay, be still. And know that I'm God and I'm, I'm, and I'm taking care of everything. Just be still. But so many of us are like Miss Piggy. <laughs> and, and we're gone. It's like, 
And they left. Now where are they? What are they doing? <laughs> okay, I, I need to watch my time. All right, let's, let's move on. Notice it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things. What things? All the things that you believe in God for, all the things that you know that you need, the things that you really, you know, these are not. Can I tell you two things we need? To eat and to breathe. Can I get an amen on that? Who didn't breathe today? Everybody breathe? Okay, good. That, that's how we know you're alive. And to stay that way, you need to eat. You don't need to tell God, now God, can I have some air today? Wouldn't that be that? That is dumb, isn't it? That's how dumb it is when you go to God about food and clothing. And all the other things that he knows you need. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? That's why he says in verse 34. That's why he says all these things will be added to you. 34, he says, therefore, do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Gordon D. Fee writes, apprehension and fear mark the life of the unbelieving and untrusting. For whom the present is all there is and for whom the present is so uncertain. In Luke's parallel account, let's go to Luke chapter 12. I want to read verses 22 through 28. Luke chapter 12. I'm going to begin reading where Jesus speaks. Verse 22. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what, will, what you will put on. Verse 23. Life is more than food. The body is more than clothing. And then he does something interesting. He says, take your eyes off of yourselves and look up. He says, consider the ravens, for they neither sow or reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, means they don't have savings accounts, and God feeds them. <laughs> okay? How much of, of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? You know, more height. Okay? He says, if you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? If you can't change something by being worried, why worry? Worry doesn't change anything. What changes things is when you do put your mind on things. You look to God for answers and you get them. I don't know how many times I've gone to bed thinking about something. I don't worry, see? See, this is, I've learned not to do that. I've learned not to worry because if you worry, then you don't sleep and you wake up cranky and <laughs> nobody wants to be around you, okay? And you got bags under your eyes. You know, you don't want any of that stuff. You go to bed, you think about stuff, you cast that care, you say, God, I'm not going to be anxious about this. I need you to talk to me. Remember what we talked about before last week? We talked about what can man do to me? You know, I will not fear. That is what this, you really need to carry this across to this as well. You need to understand that at the end of the day, God is bigger than all of your mistakes. I don't care what kind of mistake you're going to make. God isn't going to, you know, look at you, you wring his hands and go, oh, myself. You can't say, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> you know, what are we going to do about this? Are you kidding me? You know, I have no solution to this. I'm stumped. Is why do we think that way? Why do we think that we've done something? Oh my God, there's no way out of this. 
That's what we're thinking. That's how this equates to what I just said, <laughs> okay? I mean, you need to know that you can go to God with whatever problem. You know, he has dealt with things bigger than you can imagine. Oh, hallelujah. And he comes up with, with solutions that, go, that will just blow your mind. I can't, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I've thought something was impossible. I just thought something was absolutely impossible. There's no way around it. But I thought, you know what, God, I'm going to believe you, and you're going to do something, and I don't know what. I mean, I have no idea. And he did, he did, he moved in some way, did something. And I'm like, wow, you're pretty good. He goes, I know. I'm glad you found out. You know, it's no point me knowing you need to know this. Amen. And can I just say this? When you can't find a solution, go to God. This is living the carefree life. This is what I'm talking about. Don't, you know, when I, I was talking to you about this, you know, I go to bed with questions. I go to bed with things that I think, okay, I can't find a solution to this, but I don't worry about it. And every single time, this is because you're a priest. I'm not that. Don't, don't do that to me and don't do that to yourself. I am a child of God just like you're a child of God. I'm an heir like you are an heir. Amen. What I have, you can have. I just get to tell you about it and become responsible for it. You can live your life like a submarine. You know, surface every Sunday and then go back down. Nobody knows. Anybody see me going to church? No? Okay, yep. Me, I got to tell everybody. You know, so, you know, it's worse for me. Anyways, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was it talking about? Oh, yeah. Every time <laughs> what were we saying? <laughs> I, the number of times I've gone to bed with a question and woken up with the solution. And it has been something that I just would not have come up with. Some days you need to get knocked out for God to talk to you. Because your brain is going on 100 miles an hour and you're saying, God, I'm listening. Meanwhile, there's about 600 thoughts in your head. You're not really listening. You've got too many radio stations going off inside of you. And some of us more than others. You know, the ladies, they can multitask. I mean, they can worry about six things at once. Us boys can kind of manage one or two and that's about it. We're done, you know. Don't give me another problem. I can't manage that. <laughs> not everyone. Always exceptions. Always exceptions. But, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> You might need to wake up with about six solutions. You know, I wake up with one, you probably come like, I got all my answers. Understand something. It's only when you do this, only when you, when you live this way, will you open up yourself to God and allow Him to talk to you and live this life. This is the life that God needs you to live so that others can look up and see something better than where they are. Amen? See, we, this is how you get people saved. You don't get them saved because you want to slap them in the head and say, get saved. What is wrong with you? I need another notch on my belt. Get saved. That's not what, this isn't, it's never about that. It's not about switching religions. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion. Because they are in our class. My job is to bring you back to that place. 
Not to push you down, not to put you down, but to help you to get there. And it means that you begin to change every area of your life, one at a time. Amen? So that you can live a life that really people can aspire to. Something that really shines. Something that is above the rest. The high life. Amen? All right. Let's continue. Verse 27. So first Jesus says, consider the ravens. He says, look up. You know, because some people go, oh Lord. And he goes, when you look up, see the birds. Remember what I told you. If you're downcast and you're looking down, check out the lilies. Verse 27. Consider the lilies, how they grow. Isn't Jesus brilliant? If you're looking up, you got birds. If you're looking down, you got flowers. <laughs> okay? Don't see weeds. See flowers. Amen. When you, when you look up, don't just see clouds. See birds. Okay? See something good. He's talking about things. And, you know, God has always done this. He did it with Abraham. You know, when he was talking about him having children, he's, you know, he said, I'm having trouble. He says, look up. Can you number the stars? He goes, no. He said, well, your descendants are going to be like that. Too many to number. And then if Abraham ever got, you know, you can't see the stars in the daytime. All you can see is sand. And he goes, okay, so you need some inspiration during the day? Look down. What do you see? Sand. Can you number them? No. That's how much your descendants are going to be. So whether it's at night and you're looking up and you're seeing stars or whether it's during the day and you're looking down and you're seeing sand, either way, God's talking to you. Whether you're looking up and seeing birds or whether you're looking down and looking, seeing lilies. Either way, God's talking to you. Are you listening? He says again, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, stop. I want you to notice that this is God's work. <laughs> Do you see God clothes the grass? If God clothes them. Solomon had, you know, all this wealth, but God didn't clothe him. You can have stuff. And that does people can steal it, you know? Jesus talks about that. Okay? It isn't about the stuff you have. It's about the stuff in you. You know, the right stuff. <laughs> Amen? You need to be made of that. You need to have something on the inside of you that's worth something. That's the clothing that God wants to put on you. He, he wants to clothe you, the psalm says, with glory and honor. Will you let him? Do you know those things draw things to you? Do you know that's why Solomon got rich? Do you know what he asked? You know, when he, he, he did all these sacrifices, God turned up, says, what do you want? And he said, I want wisdom to rule your people. I want something in here. I don't want something out there. I want something in here. And it's interesting what God says. He says, because you haven't asked for the life of your enemies, or you haven't asked for silver or gold or any of those things, I'm going to give you all of that stuff as well. That's why he got so rich. Amen. Because he asked for something inside 
and all the other things God added to you. Amen. All right. So again, he says, if, if then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And there's the problem. Notice he says, how much more will he clothe you? Understand that God's looking to clothe you. He's looking to cover you. He's looking to bless you. He is looking to do something that will cause things to come to you. See, we are so busy running after things, we need to learn how to stand still and let God bring them to us. So many times when I'm praying for people about things, some, you know, I find that God says, this will come to you. Don't go looking for it. It will come to you. Once it comes to you, then you, <laughs> okay, then do all the right things, please. All right. <laughs> okay, all right. But the thing is, sometimes when we go looking for things, we, we know we can get lost in all the places we go. And we're looking outwardly to receive something instead of inwardly to see what's already there. Uh, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Okay. We're often looking outwardly for things. And in doing that, we are taking our focus off God and so much of the time looking to see what we can get on our merit out here. And God says, don't do that. You wait on me because I have seen. God knows you have need of these things. I have seen what you need and I'm preparing it for you. You need a little patience. Wait till it's ready and I'll bring it to you. Did you get that? And sometimes we are so busy out there doing things that we miss out on what God said. If you just stand still, it will come to you. I will let you know. He'll reveal something to you. Or talk to somebody. You know, God can remind people. He'll, he'll just start talking to people about you. Don't, don't underestimate the power of prayer and what God can do. He can get in somebody's head, <laughs> I tell you, and all they can think about is you. And they don't want to. But you keep coming up. Hello. So while you're trying so hard, God's going, just sit, chill, chill. I'm working on the dude. He won't last another day. <laughs> what you don't want to happen is they finally call you and you're out somewhere. Not where you're meant to be. I wonder how many calls we've missed. Because they won't tell you half the time. They take it as a sign from God that maybe you're not interested or maybe that they did the wrong thing because you're not there. Anyway, I, ha I have run out of time. Let me go to 1 Peter chapter 5 very quickly as we finish this and we'll pick up here, okay? 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to come back to Philippians because there is a tremendous truth there. But I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to deal with the front end still. It says, therefore, uh, verse 6, 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, therefore, humble yourself. This is Peter, son of thunder, beating up a guy when Jesus called him. 
drops him on the ground and goes, okay, I'll follow you. <laughs> okay, this is Pete. You don't, don't see these guys with little halos over their head. These guys are rough and tough. No, I was talking to my leaders, and I said, you know, if Jesus, if we picked people, we wouldn't pick them. We, we'd have gone to synagogue school or something and picked the brightest and the smartest. Not these guys. Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously. I, I would have gone to God and said, I'd like another opinion, please. I, I know one of those look like he's going to betray me. The other one doesn't believe anything. You know, he's constantly doubting. The other ones are sons of thunder. Stop beating people up. You know, the Samaritans, they didn't welcome Jesus well. And they go, you know what, Lord, call down fire and kill them all. And Jesus, are you kidding me? We're here to save these guys, not kill them. Sons of thunder. You know, I would have said, God, this is not working out. That's why I said in the boat, I would have said, let him drown, let him drown, you know. Oh, I don't know what happened. There was a storm and how did you get here? Well, I walked, but it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> you know he walks on water, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Could have just walked off the boat and go, I'm leaving you guys. See you later. Bye. Yeah, I really don't care. No, okay. Thank God he didn't do stuff like that. Amen. So this is Peter saying, humble yourself. Boy, he learned his lesson, didn't he? This is the guy that every time some, he was always asking Jesus, you know, even his mother came and said, now, you know, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, can you have these two sit on your left hand and your right hand? All the other disciples were so mad. You know, because I want my children to sit there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> these are the people we're talking about. He learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. And he says, I know, I'm done. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How do you do it? Casting all your care. The Amplified Bible adds all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concern, once and for all, upon him. For he cares for you affectionately, and cares about you watchfully, says the Amplified. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. We're going to have to leave it here. I'm going to come back to this right where we left off. And we'll pick up on it. We had to get the front end done. Okay. But now I want to go and talk to you about how you do this, what you do, and what God will do in return. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for all that we are learning. It is our desire, it is our goal to live this high life, the life, Jesus, that you paid for with your life. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to live that life that blessed life that you came to give us. In Jesus' name, amen.